Butler Nationals, probably not, right? Wingfoots most likely aren't opening up for the fucking let's get shit faced outing on Monday in the summer. You know? Yeah. That's not happening. But yeah, there, I, there are a lot of private clubs that do that. We are awesome dads, okay husbands, and terrible golfers. We dive into golf, fatherhood, and life. This is the Breakfast Balls Podcast. Nailed it. Welcome to episode 61 of the Breakfast Balls Podcast with your hosts, Mark Budden and Chris Laporta. But more importantly today, we've got a guest. He's more, he's more than a guest now. Yeah. Uh, he's a regular. Regular. <laughs> he's, he's legit. Matt, is, it, is it like triple A ball? Is like there's triple A ball. I'm like a triple A regular. I'm not like, like on the professional roster. I think you're like the sideline reporter now. Uh, As I cut you off while you're about to introduce me. I was going to say it's probably on. You're like the you're like the 26 guy when we have a double header. Yeah, you get to you get to sit on the bench. But anyway, we got <laughs> we got Matt Cusick back with us today. Um, we think it's his fourth or fifth time back. We're not sure. We fourth give time. up. Um, fourth time fourth time okay matt's got some cool stuff going on man uh why don't you why don't you let us know let the world know let the bbp family know That's what's a mouthful happening. for you it is BBP <laughs> family yeah what's actually happening? big thanks for all of us you guys got merchandise now you guys are on video <laughs> you're live in color yeah absolutely and then uh me for myself yeah, I've expanded my repertoire. I'm, I'm not posting as many videos on Instagram as I used to. I'm writing articles now for maltreview.com. Uh, when I do videos every other Monday, I've been doing a, a thing called Bottling Common. I've been inviting people over and just you know sharing a bottle and more like interviewing the interviewers. I've had uh, the podcast host from the number one podcast in bourbon, a bourbon author, and then I had a sports writer uh you know who maybe someday will become an author so i'll have you guys on for one of those episodes and then uh and then lastly we're trucking along till august i i'm doing some work with project hood here in chicago and they have their golf outing at conway farms august 9th so i got a, i got a ton of i mean i'm, I'm kind of busy and my wife is the glue that holds it all together so in case she's listening Happy love you yeah i, I scored a lot of points yesterday a lot of points did you not play golf yesterday <laughs> I didn't play golf all weekend to score points. And then today I got <laughs> called into the office and then I was like, I got the itch and I, I went over to Schaumburg there. And then, uh, you know, I asked the guy, I'm like, Hey, so what's clear nine holes or 18. Cause they, they have 27 right. and the guy. And, and then I remember what you guys say, like who the hell plays nine holes. Right. So I, I just <laughs> paid for the, and, and the, here's the lesson. So here's the thing. I shot a 39 on the front nine. I, I thought I had stuff figured out. I'm like, Oh, 39, which is excellent for me. So I'm like, I'm on my way. I'm going to keep going. And uh, I finished the whole round in like two and a half hours. Like there was nobody there. I'm a single in a cart. And uh, yeah, I shot a 52 on the back. So <laughs> that's how this game fucking works, man. Dude, uh, it's it like gets you every time. It's, uh, uh, it's, it was cold today, too. And Schaumburg's a tough course. It's not an easy course, especially you probably played a tournament in Bear. I did. Whatever. I did play tournament Bear. Yeah. yeah they, and their combo. greens are phenomenal. The greens yeah. are excellent. I was putting everything out. I wasn't like picking up. So I had a couple three putts on the oh, cart. Shit, not a 52. <laughs> <laughs> By yourself. Well, trust me. I'll show you how to get a snowman with a two putt, man. Once we finally <laughs> go together, I'll show you how to get a snowman with a two putt. But yeah, we've got a, and then we decided for today, you know, Hey, I'm like, you know what? I got the breakfast balls podcast. I'm uh, I'm going to surprise you guys. I thought we were going to do a one bottle review, but I, I really want to do, you guys are my experimental monkeys here. So I, I love doing this. We've got like two bottles. 
think it is. I think it's definitely a compliment for us. Yeah, we got two bottles here, and one of them, uh, I, one I got a review coming up, and the other one I'll have a review coming up in a week or two here. So the first one is Penelope. Penelope yeah. is a what we call, it's maybe not a true four grain bourbon, and, and and this is the thing, guys. If you guys want to ask me more questions about deep diving nerdy whiskey stuff, go for it. But I'm going to try and avoid it. Okay. Um, so in very general terms, this is what you would call a four grain bourbon. They take a weeded bourbon, they take a rye bourbon, and they mix it together. Sometimes in the world that I'm in, they're like, well, that's not a true four grain because it's not distilled with all four grains in it. And I say, go suck a lemon or go kick a brick. And then I'm like, hey, man, it's 40 bucks. Um, and, and I don't want to influence you because you guys have graduated. No more blinds. So we'll be reviewing Penelope <laughs> bourbon tonight. And then the other one is kind of a heavy hitter. And this is also in the same price range, around $40. This is Sazerac rye. So a four grain bourbon and a rye. I know it sounds crazy. But what I really want to do is, you know, let's pick our brains and see what you guys think of these two while we talk some golf. Okay. Any recommendation on where we should start? Actually, so the interesting thing is whenever I'm doing flights with people, I always recommend, hey, you know, you want to start at the lowest proof, but these are actually the same proof. So from there, they usually recommend you want to go maybe, you know, peppery to sweet. However, I think that the rye is floral. So what we can do is we're going to try the rye first. So let's go with the Sazerac rye. And uh, if you if you guys have listened before on this uh, podcast, you know, I'm a big fan of nose taste finish. So why don't we do this? Let, let's nose both of them first and see what y'all think. So first one up, Sazerac rye on the nose. Mouth what open, do you think? Uh, mouth open, right? Tongue on the roof of the mouth. Yeah. You got it. That's the trick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll talk over the nasally sounds, the Darth Vader sounds here. So uh, the reason, and for those of you that are wondering while they're nosing, the reason that we say keep your mouth open is it lets the alcohol vapors escape out your mouth, and then you're getting more of the true scent of the whiskey that you're drinking. So what do you guys think on the nose? What are you getting a little bit on the nose there? This is where I really struggle with this, with describing words. Yeah. <laughs> so remember, there's, so if you're looking at like kind of like a wheel, like the, the way that I kind of the big buckets that I break it down into mm -hmm. is like there's floral there's woody, then there's like baking notes. So that could be your breads, that could be your desserts, and then there could be fruity notes. I'm getting a little spice. There. I'm getting a little spice in there. I can't tell what it is. I was going to guess floral, but yeah, sounds like I'm, I'm not, off. I'm not getting anything. Actually, uh, I would say if you read my reviews, you guys are both right. So rice are traditionally spicy, but the thing I love about Sazerac rice, it brings floral notes into this, See? not only in the nose, but on the finish. So, you know, you're all, you're somewhere. Mark's always like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not good at this. And then all of a sudden he starts pulling out these notes and I'm like, yeah, that's what I got, man. You're good. And I'm not just playing nice because you guys have had me on four times. Four five. I just, I write down words and then I, I put them up. You can't see it. They're right here. And I just say them at times and see what stands. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the nose on Penelope. So nose on Penelope. Let's see. And then, you know, this is the question too. Like when we start nosing these you know how are we prepping our palates right like what are we going to expect so you know so mark might be expecting a bunch of florals and and when he sips the saz rye but you might be such spicy so let's see let's see if that holds true now penelope is kind of an interesting story because it kind of flies in the face of what whiskey nerds love they don't make their own stuff they they buy it from a distillery they do the blending okay. uh this is something that's kind of like controversial and not so controversial the thing I love about it is that they're upfront about it. They're like, yep, we get it from somewhere else. We blend it and we charge you a very reasonable price of $40 for it. Oh, so different, like 
you're like in the wine industry too like oh they don't grow their own grapes right it's kind of like is it that same kind of like yeah it is a little bit of that same thing and i think part of the reason for that is that over the years these last few years people have been buying distillate or they've been buying juice or liquid to, to use mm-hmm. terms that people don't always love they buy juice or liquid from someplace else and they charge you an arm and a leg they charge you a hundred dollars and, and you know i don't want to name names because there's so many brands out there but it's like well you can't replicate this Right. So like your buddy might brag next weekend, like on Father's Day weekend, hey, I've got this hundred dollar bottle of whiskey. It's so great. But they'll never be able to give it to you again because they bought it from somewhere else. So that's where it becomes disingenuous for some of us in the whiskey industry. Right. And then the other thing that happens is that there's some brands who are really young and they'll charge you a high price because some consumers are like, well, you know what? I got to buy a gift. So I'm going to buy a ninety dollar bottle because it's got to be good right? Versus some people that do it the right way, I think, here in Penelope. So what do you guys got on the nose on the Penelope? I got a little sweet in there. I was going to say spice, so. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, let's get into tasting it. So actually, let's taste Penelope. That's the one you just nosed. (laughs) Yeah, so let's taste Penelope. Let's see what you guys think. We'll do nose taste finish and we'll get it some golf. Now, another thing as you're tasting, what some people like to do, uh, you know, Booker No, famous from Jim Beam Legacy, he's one of the grandkids of uh, Jim, Jim Beam. He used to think, do a thing called the Kentucky Chew, where he would actually like chew, like literally chew the liquid. Uh, and that's, again, just opening up, letting some of those vapors escape so that your palate can absorb some of that. And it just, it looks so crazy and it looks so stupid if you do it in front of your friends. So it is a skill to practice at home. <laughs> I love that this is on video now. So what do you guys got on the tape? I, I got like a apple. Is that a green apple, maybe? Um are, that, we, are I, we on the are we on the taste here? Yeah, I'm on yeah, taste. Yeah, we're on taste. The taste, taste and finish are kind of the same thing. Yeah. I, I taste a little bit of an apple. I don't know why, but that's what I taste. Yeah, I'm 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 letting you influence me a little bit, but the taste is definitely different than the finish on this. Sure. I still taste the spice. Oh, so so how does it change for you? How does it change? What are you getting on the front on the taste? And then what does it turn into? I'm getting I am getting kind of fruity on the taste. And then on the finish, it's kind of like a uh something that's spiced. Yeah. And that's kind of like if you were thinking about it, they use a weeded bourbon. So traditionally those have soft, fruity flavors. And then they've got a rye bourbon in there. So that's gonna give you your peppery and your spice. So it's perfectly fine that it would transition. And that's kind of what I liked on this one. Uh, for me, this almost turned into like a little bit like there's a buttered popcorn on the top of this thing where that, tur- you know, just that is along for the back note in I the do, ride. I kind of do feel that it, it does kind of it, it does kind of have a like a not, not greasy is not the right word, but it's kind of got like a little thicker buttery taste. on the Now, front that, end. now that you say it, I can I can I can I can grasp that. That's part of that, a little bit of that oily mouth feel. And yeah, to yeah, be yeah. honest, if, yeah. if you look on that bottle, does it say non-chill filtered at all on that one? It does. It, it does say non-chill filtered. So it's first steps, non-chilled fil- non-chill filtered. So this is something that's become a little bit of a buzzword uh, in whiskey picking nowadays is when you non-chill filter it, you're actually keeping some of the lipids and the oils that are still there, presumably from the corn, right? Because oh. corn's going to expel some oils even as it's maturing in the barrels. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, uh, like when our grandfathers were buying whiskey, People would hold up the whiskey bottle in the light at the store. And if there was cloudiness, they'd say, well, no, that's no good. It's not pure. Right. 
But then what people came to find out, or at least the theory now is that that cloudiness is the oils and the oils are flavor, as we all know from greasy cooking and McRibs and food like that. So, <laughs> so everybody wants those oils now. So nacho filtered is kind of almost becoming an industry standard nowadays. Okay, good to know. All right, so we've got a little bit of a fruit in the front, buttered popcorn in the middle. So it's pretty complex, actually. We're getting like a ton of flavors. And that's the fun thing when you get a bourbon like this, in my opinion. You get a $40 bourbon, you give it to your buddies, backyard barbecue, and y'all can taste something different. And that's okay. Like, that's okay. That's just the front note that you're getting. So, all right. So this one is $40. Pretty easy to find if you kind of look for it at Benny's. Let's move on to the Sazerac rye. It's almost like it's almost like a Chardonnay on the front end. Whoa, a little Chardonnay party? Yeah. I like yeah, that. You get that, you get that kind of like buttery flavor. Oh, here's, here's the question that I would ask you. Yeah, and Chardonnays are traditionally buttery, so I, I could dig that. When you look at this and you see that it's kind of like a lighter color, does that influence your tasting at all? Like, do you, do you think light flavors when you see light liquid? Or do you think that's subconscious or not at all? I think they both are both are kind of the same color almost, aren't they? No, this one, the Penelope is definitely lighter. You can see it in the glass. Too. Penelope lighter? It is lighter. It should be a little bit of a shade lighter. I've got a little bit more dark tint to this and the reason more being is copper, that this is more of like a, sure. a caramel okay yeah the uh and the Sazerac right is older so and and here's another common misconception people always think older is better that's not always the case uh you know i just wrote a review there was a 14 year old whiskey and everybody's like look how dark it is and it's 140 dollars. look how awesome it's got to be and guess what it wasn't it was just like chewing on wood right so so you can have a, you can have three you could have these two bottles plus a third bottle for the price I paid for that one 14 year old piece of wood. So <laughs> that's why you guys are doing the community service here. So hey, let's taste the Sazerac wrap. Yeah, let's do it. And I I did drop a couple of hints in past episodes. This is my go to like outing whiskey. So when when we do the outings, we will definitely have some Sazerac rye in the bag. Okay. Oh, this is unique. Unique that's what i love about the floral nature of it is like on a, on a spring summer day like it's 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 sweet floral but not brandy right like it's not right. going to be like super now this one doesn't like doesn't have that strong no. aftertaste like with the traditional it's actually quite smooth it's quite smooth. yeah and, and this is one of those ryes that is cheap and it is very hard to find like nowadays, Benny's does keep it like in the collectible section. So like you might have to go and see like limit one. You might find it at Target. But Sazerac Rye is owned by the Sazerac company who also owns Buffalo Trace. And everything that Buffalo Trace touches right now is so hard to find. So it's, um, it, you know, but for good reason. There's not a lot of ryes that taste like this. It's also very unique in that sense. I, I haven't had many ryes that taste like this. That's good. I like it. I do too. I think we're we're probably gonna finish the bottle tonight. <laughs> you still got to give some to your wife. You said that she was gonna sneak a couple. Yeah, I, I was I was wondering what her opinion is. So our, our wives are both our wives are driving up to Sand Valley tomorrow to go look at vacant land on the water. Wait, buy us some land. Yeah. Um, are you guys gonna make a little part three course, or what are you gonna do with it? Uh, build a house eventually, in like ten years. Yeah, I was Dude, that it, anytime soon. The land's dirt cheap. Um, on the water. Really? Like I yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I, I have like these searches set up in this 
there's never anything up there in this on the water and this one popped up today that's like right on the water it's already got a pier on it and i, I don't it's know how dock. it has a pier it's a, a dock. dock yeah yeah because the properties there on uh the lake there's an easement restriction around the lake by the electric company or the power company so you most houses on the lake they have community piers or docks hmm. the houses don't have their own individual docks for whatever reason this house is able to have one so does that mean you're going to get a boat and a house? Well, well I, I mean, it's not a house. There's a piece of land with land. a dock on it. Or why don't you get a houseboat? I like that. I like what you're thinking. Yeah, that's it. Just live on the land. Yeah. Put, on the put water. Put a tent in the yard and... Yeah, teepee? Yeah. Can you say teepee? I'll tell you, one of the best things my, my buddy's dad ever did, he had like a little like uh, condo up in Lake Geneva. And that's where we used as our free housing every, you know, that's what started our buddy's trip in Lake Geneva. Yeah. So it was super sad when he sold it. Yeah. That's, uh, Cause now we got to pay for, for housing, yeah. you know, but you know, the, that's the other thing too, like North of the Dells, like what a great area, right? Like you can go South, you can go back down to the Dells, pulling the family off there and then go play Sand Valley. It's only like 45 minutes from the Dells, I think hour maybe. Might even be, it might might be less. I don't think it's an hour. No. So then, I mean, you guys have played so many courses around here. So this is what we got going is, uh, so my best friend and my brother, both Gemini's. Yeah. I'm one of those astrology weirdos. And, uh, they, they both have their, they have their birthday coming up. So we have blessing from my wife because they're both smart and they're single. So my wife's like, yeah, that's fine. You know, Friday, Saturday go. So Friday's going to be our long day. I think we're going to do the member for a day at Bose Creek. We're going to play 36 there. But Saturday, love it. Saturday, we do have like a, a two-hour driving range that we can, like a, a range that we could drive within the Chicagoland area to go somewhere. So where would you play within two hours of here? For, but just one round, where because my brother's got to be back, so he does have some limitations. All right, I think it's just outside two hours. If you got to go play uh, the general out in Galena. It's probably two and a half, maybe yeah. three. That's um, two and a half hours. That's that's two and a half. That's uh, and that is Target Golf. So I, I might add, I hate Target Golf. Okay. Uh, then don't, I I, I do not have the discipline to aim. Sports. Yeah, it's it's a tough. Mark, well, Mark and I played. Was it two, three years ago now? Is it three years ago? Two years ago? Two. Two two and change or whatever. And uh, the first we we played it was we always do this to ourselves. We we're on a, a family trip and we're hungover as shit. We play like early as possible the next day so we can be back and our wives don't hate us as much. Hate us just a little bit less. And uh, I think I was ten over on the first three holes, man. We were both over. We were both. It was like a total of twenty over between us on after three holes. holes. There was like we were like in shambles. Just we, little little fucking gnats everywhere. There gnats. Middle oh. of summer, so humid. Sweat. We're, we're both hit, like, I don't know if you, you played there before. Obviously, like the first hole you don't need to hit driver. We're both ripping drivers off the, off the tee on the first hole, and you're like, we're not even putting it anywhere close to fucking. On the no, I mean way. just straight left, straight All right. It's like a pitching wedge. Hey, you jerk offs were, uh, you guys were ragging on my home course that I learned to play golf on Indian Boundary. But the the Indian oh, Boundary, we played we played a lot of golf. I've there, had a man. lot of good oh, times there, yeah. by the way. But that's what I love about that place is like it's 6,200 yards, but I could rip driver on every single hole except for the part three, right? Like it's still yeah. long enough where I could go driver. Still a six-hour round, though. So you did, I oh. think, but the thing is, it's a six-hour round. So but you enjoy it's fun. just go into it knowing it's six hours and enjoy yourself and make sure you just have plenty of beer. 
Oh no, I uh no, no, you never go there on the weekend. That's the other thing. You guys are yeah. completely right on that. You do not play that one or any of these forest preserve courses on the weekend. Like uh to be elitist, any place where the dudes are wearing jeans and t-shirts on a weekend, like during the week, I am the guy in like basketball shorts and a t-shirt that shows up, but I play the thing in 90 minutes because I show up after work because I used to work at Wilson. Oh, so I used to work yeah. At, I, yeah, Wilson used to have their headquarters yeah. there. So like at night, I was like, yep, yep, 90 minutes. I, I, I created my own little loop and I could get all 18 in 90 minutes after 5 p.m. It's um, beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, I, but but that is why I have no skill at all at hitting an iron still to this day after decades of playing golf. Like I can't yeah. hit an iron because I grew up playing driver wedge at the yeah, boundary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, would, I don't know. I, I, going Where back you, to your two hour question, yeah. I would I would play, I would probably go to Miss Wood. Yeah, Miss Wood's very nice. Very I do like Miss Wood. Yeah, that? that might be that might be the play. Yeah, keep it in state, not not go up to the Wisconsin. Can I you mean, believe this time or, last I mean, year? You can easily go to you're gonna go to Aaron Hills. We're playing we're, we're playing Lock LaBelle on Friday. So that That's is on my list. Hours. That's less that than is my list of possibles. It's 98 minutes. Yeah, you we'll go up to know, Milwaukee. We'll hang you know how it goes. It's supposed to be unbelievable. It's the guys so that, the, the guy that redid San Valley, redid Lock LaBelle. Yeah. That's the story behind it. I knew that because here's the thing, like Lock LaBelle, if you're listening, redo your website because like the, the golf channel commercial that was on like nonstop last year, like made it look, it was beautiful. And then I was like, what was the story? You can't even look at the course. Dude. And, and the whole, the whole website is like the designer answering questions from like the membership or something like, yeah, we fixed the drainage on four five and 18. And I'm like, dude, sell me on this. Like, like, I don't get why golf courses don't understand that. Maybe that's why some are in trouble and some are not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know how it goes. I mean, it's, it's looks when you look at like the big picture of it, it looks cool. Cause you can, looks like a lot of holes are right on the lake there. You get lake views at least on a lot of the holes and, probably gonna be some elevation changes i'm sure yeah well, and like, it's old as shit like it started like in the 1800s didn't it like it's one of the yeah. oldest courses one of the oldest courses in wisconsin i'm pretty sure God. if not the oldest wisconsin just has so much better golf than us Dude, i hate incredible. it i was just talking about this with someone today at work like the courses that wisconsin has that are available to the public compared to compared to illinois like illinois has got great courses but you, you get on that list and like a lot of them are are private or they're not in the you know chicago suburbs right you're not going to get that kind of land in the, the burbs right. yeah like what would you consider the best public what are the top two public courses just so you don't have to pick top two public courses in illinois where where who would you pick uh top top two public i would say misswood and prairie landing for me i love prairie landing yeah that's a good option too man uh definitely misswood harbor side Ooh. I like Harborside. I don't, you're not as huge on Harborside. That's okay. But, um, Something about Harborside, I just always hit two clubs short yeah. when I'm there. I like Prairie Landing. I think that's a, that's another good choice. Um, so you would take those over Deer Run or like a Thunderhawk? I've never played Deer Run. I've I like never th- played I think Thunderhawk's Deer Run a great either. value. Yeah. I think it's yeah. incredibly tough, though. So the, the, well, the one thing that Deer Run has against it, and this is what I've always said, because we do like a yearly trip out there, that's two and a half hours to Deer Run when yeah. I could do two hours and go north and get into Wisconsin and get into some really good courses in, in 90 minutes or two hours. So here's the question. Yeah. So you both landed on Mistwood. Where would Mistwood rank in Wisconsin courses? Top 15? Top 20? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I would still think probably. I still think it'd have to, right? I think 
I think Wisconsin has definitely, when, when you're looking at the ranking of their courses, they have some of the most elite courses. But I think there is also a drop-off, right? I think once you get past that, you, yeah, you know, thought, whereas yeah. Illinois has a lot of their courses are stuck, like, in the middle zone, if you will. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, Illinois has a lot of elite courses still, but I think their middle section is much bigger than Wisconsin's. Yeah, But to your point, a lot of the elite ones are private. So, yeah, I mean, the play the courses you can play in Wisconsin, even like the Lake Geneva courses, probably are better than a lot of the, the public courses out here, right? Like the Geneva National courses, even Grand Geneva courses. Um, yeah, I would I, say, I, yeah, I Grand Geneva is at um, Wisconsin Dells that would I, I would Blows. play over, yeah, Illinois. You just courses, get a different but, feel, too. I mean, you drive two, two to three hours and you have. A different landscape you have more undulation you have giant fucking pine trees i mean it's just yeah. just a much cooler feel and like i mean sand valley i mean you got sand valley aaron hills wilson straits wilson straits whistling straits, <laughs> whistling straits black wolf run up there black yeah. wolf run i played yeah. it is phenomenal I, I still haven't played well, the other two know, Bell's like. yeah. L- listonia is supposed to be really good What's the place that Jack Nicholas designed? It's just it's in Sheboygan. It's south of. It's got a bull for a for a logo. Oh, I don't I don't know if that's also. It's called Bull something, I think. But um, yeah, that one's really good. Uh, University Park in Madison. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's brutal. So yeah, if you're planning a Midwest golf trip, go north. <laughs> I mean, Wisconsin Golf Digest just put out their top 100 courses, and Sand Valley wasn't even on it. That's crazy. Well, I think that just goes, I think it's still pretty new, right? I mean, it's within, it's less than 10 years old. I mean, less, definitely less than 10. Five, less than five, isn't it? I think it's right around 2017. So let's just say right around five years old. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's going to pop here real quick, but it wasn't even on the list. Yeah. There was a there was other Wisconsin's, obviously Aaron Hills, um, Whistling Straits. Um, there was my one, I can't. I can't my buddy who's a huge like nike fan he hosts the nike podcast he's he's he was on a mission at one point to play the top 100 courses in the country and, and he's played a ton he's been to bandon yeah. he's probably got like 40 of the top 100 under his belt and uh him and his buddies go up to sand valley repeatedly right so it's like wow. you have that much experience and you love going up there and it's not that's not a short trip because what is it three hours three and a half hours up there yeah i'd put yeah. sand valley up with any of the courses we've i've played just um, the experience yeah. of it like the courses are super playable, right? Like um, for anybody, for all skill levels, right? I mean, they're super playable and it's just a really cool layout, cool atmosphere. Everyone's like, they know what you're there for. Every, every Everyone's super attentive, super nice. Yeah. You know, like it's a, it's the full, it's the full package. Right. So I have a question. I think Bannon had five of their courses in the top 100. So, so I want to, I'm going to ask you the next trip we got to do. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got, so I'm going to ask you a whiskey question. And, and while you were doing the whiskey question, I want you to chew on this one accessibility question. So first thing we're, I'm going to ask you which one you prefer between the two. And then the second part or the second question is going to be what can golf do to better uh, to make private courses more accessible? If you were a, if you were a member at a prestigious course, would you open it up to the public say on Mondays when the course is traditionally closed? And not for revenue purposes, but for the idea that, hey, I'm going to let a normal person maybe have a chance. You know, it might be $500, but you can play the same course that, that a, you know, a Tiger Woods played or a Jack Nicholas played. So first the whiskey, and then would you open up your private course? 
You, I want the whiskey question. Which one's better? Which oh, one do you? Which, which one do you? Which I mean? Is it? Saz, mine's the mine's the Sazerac. Right? I was to say I might go buy the Sazerac here uh, real soon. That's nice. I'm not tip, I don't typically go out of my way to get rise, but I think I'm going to go out of my way to get this. Yeah, I've, I've traditionally never really liked rise that much, or even bothered to buy any. Like I'll, I'll try them, yeah. you know, but I really like I never really like liked one enough to go out and buy it. This is delicious. Well, I just yeah, the, the market on rise is so yeah. strange right now. Yeah, you've got you've got a bunch of like cheap rise in the twenty five dollar range, like Knob Creek Rye, uh, Old Forester just put out a rye that's decent, but they tend on the peppery side, so people do like the value. And then there's some like really eighty dollars, seventy five dollar like rise, and then you've got your Whistle Pig rise that are super expensive. And, and still Whist- out of all Hold those. On. I'm going to back up to that. I didn't mean to cut you off. Whistle pig rise. I don't know anything about that. Oh yeah. If you want to talk about the overpriced garbage that's out in the marketplace, just let your friend try and sell you on some whistle pig rye. Um, so um, yeah. So there was a, there was a distiller, a former master distiller at Maker's Mark, whose name was uh, Dave Pickerel and, and, and great guy, but he started this kind of idea of like, uh, I'm, I'm going to source the best grains and I'm going to charge you the best price because it is the best whiskey. And, you know, they, they do have like some stuff that's reasonable and they have some stuff that's outrageous. Like their boss hog stuff goes for like $300, $400 a bottle. And um, I've never found it to be worth that price. Uh, Dave is no longer with us. He is a, a great figure in the whiskey world. So I, I please don't want people taking it as a negative, but uh, I, I think Whistle Pig is the prime example of a, of a brand that charges a high price to make you think they're premium, but there is nothing, nothing there. <laughs> it's just not, it's not. Yeah. So, but admittedly, I'm not a super fantastic rye connoisseur. So take that all with a grain of salt, of course, but that's just kind of my opinion. And, and he kind of, and now here's the thing. He is the trailblazer because, and maybe he believed it and maybe that's what he wanted, but now a bunch of brands followed that lead without having Dave Pickerel, right? So at least like Whistlepig could say, well, Dave Pickerel set us up. He's the guy who, you know, molded all this, right? Uh, other brands are just like, no, nah, we, we, we feel like charging a hundred dollars because it's just the best product. And, and we're just like, kind of, no, no, you're not. <laughs> so, so so you're let's say you're a private club at olympia you're 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 a member uh what's is Wingfoot private yeah okay so they say hey you know what we want to grow the game we want to give people an opportunity to play Wingfoot, home of a major would you open up Wingfoot on mondays to the public for 300 bucks around 500 bucks around or anything like that uh i'm torn on that one i think um if selfishly since i'm not a member of course i would love for them to do that <laughs> uh, if i am a member i'm probably like well no i don't want people coming into my club tearing up the course on mondays because i'm playing on tuesday um I, but 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 to answer your question to grow the game yes i think it i think it's a good idea to grow the game now is it every monday Probably not. I think, I think they could do something like that with a handful of days or uh, out of the year where they allow it or have some type of event that allows you to play in it. Um, but I think that's, I, I know, I think that's a, that's a fairly good idea to help grow the game. Uh, you think it would grow the game or are those people that are already so into golf, you would never lose them? 
Oh, that's a good point too. Um, you're right. You're probably you're just getting people that a have the money to play the course or have or want to play the course and they're willing to pay. So, but at the same time, I, I think that is still growing the game in a different way, right? You're not getting um, people maybe that that are semi into golf, but people that are semi into golf probably don't care about playing Wingfoot or Olympia Fields. Those going to be my, yeah. my, my two arguments with that would be what you guys were saying. I was going to bring up the fact that most people that are going to pay that much to play there are probably already into the game. So I don't know how much that's going to impact growing the game. But two, a lot of people, a lot of private clubs do look at Conway, right? Like you're outing with Project Hood. They do outings. They offer mm-hmm. outings on Mondays probably, right? I'm guessing the outings on a Monday, Matt. Right? It is. <laughs> a lot of private clubs open up the course on Mondays for outings. I know my course yeah. does. You know our, our buddy Jay that runs Stonebridge. Their course does. Like a lot of a lot. Of, now the Butler Nationals probably not right. Wingfoots most likely aren't opening up for the fucking let's get shit faced outing on Monday in the summer. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's not happening. Yeah. But yeah, there, I... there are a lot of private clubs that do that. Hey, I'll tell you, you know, it's interesting because I was just having this back and forth, like hypothetical discussion with my buddy. And, and, you know, we kind of I came to some of the same conclusions you did. And and I think that it's just unfair. And this is the thing, like I've heard nobody say this because it's almost like defending the elite. Um, A private club and a private club membership has no duty to grow the game. They've made their investment, right? Like you're paying money to play golf. You love golf. Mm -hmm. This is it. Like my argument, if I was a member at a club, be like a PGA, USGA, like, what are you doing with all your money? Like go buy a public course, go buy a public course and makes greens fees like accessible. And, you know, you know, there's country clubs. Like I just heard Joliet country club is going for sale, right? Yep. USGA, you want to grow the game, go buy it and make greens fees super affordable, right? Like run it, break even. Uh, you know, that's, that's my argument. I don't know why it always falls on like, like growing the game has to be like, wearing gym shoes and jeans on the course <laughs> and like, and like, you know, Hey, you're a membership and I'm not a, I'm not a private club member at all, but I just, I, I get tired of this grow the game argument and it how somehow falls on like the elite of the elite clubs. Like if I took my wife to go play Medina, she would go shoot 185 maybe. And that's, that's maybe, you know, if, if we're playing just the front nine and she would hate the game of golf because it, it's hard. Yeah. Well, she, she right. probably wouldn't even understand the, the the history behind Medina, right? Unless you've told her or she's a golf fan, she probably doesn't understand what Medina is and what you know what majors probably, it's held and you know yeah, players I that have come through times. there. I played it a couple of times, and finally, I took a picture in the clubhouse, and uh, there's a picture in the clubhouse of uh, Babe Ruth playing there, and then there's another picture. I think Michael Jordan's playing there. And I'm like, look, this is a place where Michael Jordan has played in Babe Ruth play. She's like, yeah. oh, so it's really nice, huh? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really nice. Yes, you're correct. That, that that that's why I go at the drop of a hat as soon as I get an invite. I'm like, okay, gotta go. Like, it's happening. Yeah, it's it's just like the the game. The game isn't struggling because of. I don't think it's struggling because of golf courses, right? I think there's a lot of accessible golf courses at a good price point there's a lot of good value i mean in chicago in chicago yeah there, there is but i mean like you, you you know we play that shepherd's crook 
a couple weeks ago. It was like 45 bucks. You know, like there's value. I mean, yeah, it costs money, right? You got to play money. You got to pay to pay to play, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. What it is, right? And if you're learning the game, there's plenty of opportunities to go find somewhere to play. It's just getting into the game. Now that being said, 2020, I think resurrected golf mm-hmm. completely. I mean, without without question, and like it saved probably a ton of golf courses, um, probably boosted boosted the revenue numbers for the next two or three years. It's probably not going to slow down much this summer, um, you know, because once you get that itch, like you know, people people played you know probably more rounds than they played in their entire life last year at any given time, and now they're like, oh fuck, I want to do that more. How do I work from home more to play more golf? <laughs> I think you're just speaking for yourself. Hey, you know what? Point. I'm just saying yeah. that I'm not the only one that feels that way, Mark. Yeah. Other people feel that way. Well, oh, I mean, there's a revolt. More now. rounds than there were days in the year. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm jealous. I wanted to do the same. Well, isn't the isn't the story now that a lot of like employees are like don't make me go back to work. I don't want to go back to work, you know? Yeah. And, and obviously they're doing that for the flexibility reasons too. Sure. But I think if anything, 2020 also like showed us like, Hey, let's value our free time. And like, how much time did we spend commuting in cars for meetings that really didn't matter? Like how many meetings do you know that could have been an email? A thousand. Well, I mean, how many in-person meetings didn't happen? I mean, right. I mean, all the, I have to fly to this customer to do this. Meeting. Still got business done last year. Uh, yeah. You didn't need to do it anymore. And you found a way. Yeah. So I don't even know. I still like meeting with people. Uh, clients in person like I'm starting to do that a little bit more this year but I like having the flexibility to to pick up my kids from school drop them off at school in the morning and I have to worry about rushing to the train coaching my kids baseball team right you know going to the fucking range after I drop my kids off you know stuff like that playing a quick 18 yeah playing a quick (laughs) nine quick 18 quick 36 yeah whatever happens yeah hey if it happens, it happens. But that's, I mean, that, you know, that's the awesome thing is you have a good course by you. I have Chick Evans by me. So oh, I, uh, <laughs> Chick, he said Chick. Oh, I thought he said shit Evans. <laughs> uh, pretty close. That, pretty that, close when it rains. That's not that bad. Oh, it's bad. No, it's bad. If there's any kind of rain, they cut off three. So you really only have access to like one, two in the back nine. I was it when is the last time you played Chick Evans though? It's been a long time. Yeah. No, they have mats. No, no mats. No, they've upgraded since Billy Casper took over, which Billy Casper, I think, is now Indigo. It's, they've, they've renamed it, so they've oh, killed really? the name of one of the greatest Ryder Cup players of all time, so shame on them. But um, but Philly Mick's going to break his records, right? Philly Mick's the best Ryder Cup player of all time now, supposedly. Well, is he? Uh, I think he has the most wins. I don't know if R&D, right. R&D's busted today. Yeah. Oh, our R&D's awful, so don't, don't worry about that. We yeah. won't even text him. Well, I don't think Phil's going to play this year, so I don't know. Unless he just gets really hot, I think he's he's done. So, did they do the lottery for tickets yet on that, or I think, is that coming gone? I think they did. Ugh. can't wait. Are they going to? I mean, it's Wisconsin. They're going to go full capacity, right? Full cap. I want to. I'm hoping so. so. By then, it's going to be what end of September. I'm hoping a lot of shit has changed. And it's it is not, Wisconsin. It's not going to be up to Wisconsin, though, guys. It's going to be up to. Yeah, you're right. PGA. There's, there's, there's other parties. I mean, wouldn't it be both? I mean, I, I know Florida was like outdoors. open for business year round, but they did shut down TPC, right? They shut down the Players Championship last year, but that was like new in the pandemic. Like now, here we are, like 
Yeah. No, I mean they got full crowds. Cool. Quail Hollow is full. It's that's North Carolina. You can do whatever you want, North Carolina. Um, was it? But it's Wisconsin. I I think if it's not full, it's going to be darn near full capacity. Um, which at that point, what does it matter, <laughs> right? <laughs> if your capacity's forty thousand, but you're going to say only thirty five come in, or only well, thirty come in, what what's the difference? Well, the CDC came out and said, you know, hey, you know, risk of transmission outdoors is minimal. And, you know, all, all the yeah. golfers around the world are like, no oh, shit. We fucking knew that. <laughs> yeah. Guys. yeah. Uh, golf had 40 million rounds last year and no one got sick from pulling a ball, ball out of a fucking hole. Unless you live in Ontario, hey. Toronto. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ontario. What is going on? You know, that, it's Canada. I, I don't know. I'll still put it other than it's, it's Canada. Yeah, I have coworkers in Canada, and it's just it's brutal, dude. It's it's so brutal for them. The largest province, right? I think so because it houses uh, Toronto. That's crazy, man. No golf. So None at all. Not till June second, they said, and they already have like a much shorter season than we do. Although the good thing is about chili golf is you get out on the course and there's two people on it. There's still snow on the ground in Canada right now, so it's not that big a deal. Is there? Is it? Call Mike Weir. Uh, of course, there's <laughs> snow on the ground. It's Canada. Maybe. I mean, their summer goes from July 1st to July 31st. And then my favorite winter. My favorite thing about Canada is every time Chicagoans are crying about how cold it is and how like we're freezing. You know, it's it like, like <laughs> there's a whole country above us, dude. It's like you're like times worse. You never hear them complain once. Not a peep, not a peep, but that's because they got poutine. So, yeah, people, yeah. In, people in Chicago love to complain, me included. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I mean, th- that's human nature. Worst, this is the worst time of year, though. It's 80, 45, 85, 50, 80, 45. So, another question for the group. Hey, whoa, whoa, I'm re- whoa, whoa. I, I don't mean to catch off again, but I'm doing it. You never, you never told, you never told us which one of these two you prefer and then where you want to oh, go. Oh, okay. That was great. <laughs> no, it says right all day. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Absolutely. I just thought it was, it was crazy because uh, I was hoping you guys maybe would split or maybe I, I like, how close did you guys think it was? I don't think Is Penelope's it? bad. I, I would, I'm going to keep drinking it. Um, yeah. I, I have a full glass, so I'm going to drink it. Um, but I don't know. Something just stuck out to me about this, this rye. I don't, it's just, it is a beautiful something rye. I was and, expecting and that, either. I think that helps. And a little bit unfair. Uh, and again, like I, I don't, I'm not trying to stack the deck, but I always love this because it kind of verifies things. Uh, that Sazerac pick, if you take a look at the sticker, that one uh, was chosen by one of the Bourbon Crusaders. They're a charity group out of Kentucky. And the author of Bourbon Justice, who I interviewed on my Instagram, Brian Hara, he is one of the two people that picked it. So it is a seven year old, one of the first store picks available of Sazerac Rye. So I did stack the deck a little bit, but hey, okay. a little known $40 bottle kind of held its own, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of cool thing about bourbon is you do get to do like store picks and you get to pick uh, your own barrel sometimes every once in a while. I've been I would, fortunate I would never, like I was walking in Biddy's and saw this, I would never buy it. Now you will. Now I will. Absolutely. Well, if you see it in Biddy's, now you'll buy it. Yeah. It might not well, be and, and that's where I give Sazerac credit because uh, some brands, this thing's 35 bucks and it sells out all the time. And some brands years ago would have pulled this back off the shelf, rebranded it and sold it to you for a much higher price. And they haven't done that. They've, they've kept that bottle in circulation. So, so kudos awesome. to Sazerac on that one. Yeah, That's cool. 
Yeah. Now within two hours, where would I go? Where do yeah, I so want to go? Got this, you've got this free gift uh, to play wherever you want in a, in a two hour radius. We're, what What's your recommendation or what are you trying to push the group to go play? Well, this is what I'm torn on is because I am funding this because it's my brother's birthday and my buddy's birthday. So I, I'm paying for both rounds. My buddy wanted to go play Whistling Straits because he's only played it once before. And we did it in a preseason rate where it was real field 26 degrees outside in midway. So, yeah, it was it was a brutal round. So I was pushing for whistling, but then my brother puts like the two hour limit on it. Right. So it's like uh, like nothing against Mistwood and Prairie Landing, but we can get to those on the regular. They're usually sure. like with an hour, hour and a half. So, um, you know, if it's me, two hours. And the other thing, too, is like you want like that buddy feel because it is like a special occasion. So yeah. it's uh, I mean, shoot, even like I mean, Mistwood does have like the kind of bar area, right? Like they do have that renovated dome and bar area. Is that correct? I haven't played there in a few years. Well, they got the so they got the Irish the domes offsite, but yeah. they got, they've got the the range is like the best range I've ever been to, private or public. It's like it's got this open range. It's got a full bar yeah. behind it, lots of tables, fire pits. It's awesome. And then they got the Irish pub that's like yeah. nestled into the actual clubhouse. Um, but if you're gonna have a couple after, you want to sit out by the range and. Yeah, might be hands on the uh, the range. You can you can do some gambling, and I do like Harborside. We do like Harborside. The only problem with Harborside is they have so many, gosh darn outings. Uh, I, I didn't know how hard it's I wanted to cuss there. It's pretty beat up too. It's it's so beat up, and it's so hard to find a tea time. And when you do get a tea time, like it is triple digits during the week, um, which hey, yeah. good for them, right? Because they're like they're like f it, you know, we're getting. Uh, and that's the, that's the other hard thing too, is like every time somebody's like, Hey, I'm staying in Chicago, I'm going to go, go play golf. <laughs> and I'm like, are you staying downtown? And they're like, yeah, it's like, no, you're not playing golf anywhere, dude. Like, like, you, <laughs> like unless you want to go pay. Are you going to play, play driving range? Oh, what's that course? Cindy Maravitz. That's that. I just, that's we talked about this the last time and still the tiger course is still on hiatus. So yeah, I know what, uh, we didn't even talk about Southwest Michigan. You got, uh, was it Hawks, Hawksview? And... Okay, you're right. We, we, we forget. Okay, yeah. so I wanted to ask about that because, yeah, Southwest Michigan is still a mystery to me because I'm like, okay, well, if I'm willing to drive two hours, two is hours. there nothing in Michigan? Like, no, there's some like, good courses, man. There's some good courses up there. Yeah, you got Hawks, you got Hawksview or Hawkshead. I can't remember. It's Hawks something, Hawksview. Hawksview is, there's a Hawksview in Como. Uh, yeah, or, you know, something, it's, so it's Hawkshead. It's Hawkshead. Hawkshead's the one in, in uh, South Haven. Hawksview is the one in Lake Geneva. Um, so there's Hawkshead. There's the Jack Nicholas signature course in St. Joe's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Might be teetering just past two hours. Hey, that's okay. Right but, you know, right it's threshold. close enough. Yeah. When I mean, the New Holland for, Brewery is not far from there. No, I would right. push for like a little little one-nighter there. Oh, we might just do that Friday into Saturday. I don't know if the wife's going to let me. Yeah. The whole <laughs> I, I still got to be kind of a good kid. But I think you can Absolutely. get Aaron Hills in two hours. You can get to the Deer Run and just yeah, over two. Yeah, if you're driving it right, maybe that's the play too. So, are you guys doing your summer solstice thing? Like, what? Where's that landing at? Speaking yeah, of charity we, events, um, so 
we're gonna do we gotta set we're gonna set something up i gotta contact we're, somebody about set up the page the web page yeah to do. We're, we're a little slow to do it but we're gonna do it we're gonna do it we're gonna play and we're gonna play i'm in for one of those rounds you'll play one with us all right i'll all play right. one of those rounds i will play all three yeah so we're just, gonna, we're just gonna have people donate like you know ten dollars per hole or dollar per hole whatever yeah. whatever they want to do for how many holes we play so if we play 100 holes they give us 100 bucks and then nice Gotta well, build up to that. I, I'm. I want to play four rounds. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, so we we just got to find what they do at Bandit Course. What's that? Yeah, you got to find a course that's willing to like uh, indulge. A good option because we can do the member for a day there. Well, yeah, you got to stay at either a course that has multiple courses or just stay at one course. You can't. You don't have the time to jump no. courses because yeah, yeah it's got to be our chasing daylight, even though it sounds weird. But you're chasing daylight. You really got to start at six, and we could do Schaumburg too. That's twenty-seven holes. That's twenty-seven. It's it's at least changing up the. I mean, does it does it matter? Do they have to be four eighteens, or would you go like eighteen no, nine, eighteen nine? Uh, yeah, just, I would just keep just go. <laughs> Are you even playing for score at that point, or are you just playing for oh, like? I don't think. I think after the first eighteen, maybe the first thirty-six, you're just surviving. It, that sounds terrible. Obviously, not. I gotta ask what your drugs of choice are. Is it aspirin or <laughs> something stronger? <laughs> a little tramadol. I can't play golf on drugs. Yeah. Or not the. I'm, I'm thinking the next couple of days are gonna suck, but. Oh yeah. I think you just go. I bring a change of clothes, a couple pairs of shoes, a couple pairs of socks. I would say socks for sure. Yeah, maybe not shoes, but socks. And maybe shoes. Maybe but... some clean undies. Yeah. yeah. You got enough pairs. Come on now. Yeah. Some dude wipes for you. Yeah, you're gonna need it. I don't want you shitting your pants and wiping it with koozies on the course, <laughs> or golf towels. Or golf towels. Whatever I've lost you got. a lot of good golf towels. You had a lot of good koozies. Dude, Wipe golf towels are the best. I, I, I legit. I, I I'm what sometimes a, a, dude. I put them on my pillows sometimes. Like, like I'll just sleep on a pillow with a golf towel on it. Not a dirty one, but obviously a clean one. I'm telling you. Like, especially like you get those like terry cloth ones, like the, oh, the yeah. loop ones or whatever. Oh man, exfoliates does it all. You guys don't know. Keep the skin nice. That's true. <laughs> he does have good skin. I think I'm going to take his word. Yeah. We had a, I, I still remember we were at a, we had a buddy's, we were doing our Geneva trip <laughs> and we get up to Geneva trip and uh, we were still in our 20s. So like bowel issues weren't, weren't something that we knew about. <laughs> and two of our buddies are like, I haven't gone in like two days. Is that normal? And we're like, no. So like, this is like, Activia no, had just not. been out. So they're there. And, and Costco had like the chewy granola bars. So these dudes for like two days straight are just eating chewy granola bars and Activia. And we, we pull up to the clubhouse after the second round. And I'm like, Oh dude, you lost your towel. He's like, Nope. <laughs> Casualty of war in the middle of the woods, I guess. Had to, had to sacrifice the towel. Been there, done that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you was that during the Santa? Did you ever go in the Santa suit? <laughs> no, mine mine are usually like I go before the round and they have like a never ending wiper. And like it's yeah, itchy, you know, you got the itchy butt. Itchy butt. Yeah, you know, wipe good enough in the bathroom. <laughs> I never actually shit in the woods and wiped. It's usually like a wipe after the fact. Yeah, I've I I, I only lost uh yeah, I won't tell that story. But Vegas. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> had to get into a fresh pair after Vegas one morning. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, think, Vegas. I think that's fair. That's right? a good enough excuse right there. Hey, it was, it was the wind buffet, you know, it's, Dude. gosh, I was a real degenerate. I've really matured in my old age now. I'm just sitting in my garage drinking, talking well, about the things gambling, I used to do. So. Yeah, you told us. I am. Gambling and live sports, so. Oh man, dude, Rory with two holes to go. I'm like, he's got this. So I did, this is what I used to do. And I used to always bet on sure things. Cause I'm like, Hey, it's easy money. Like ROI. Right. So like, I bet like the last 50 bucks I got in my account to win 19 cents on Rory <laughs> taking the tournament, but it definitely got exciting because it's like going into 17. I'm like, Oh, he's got this. And then that, that, that thing happened on 18 where him and the caddy had to have their discussion. And I was just like, I was like, ah getting a little nervous here but you know i never i never gamble more than i can afford to lose nowadays i'll put it that way so right well the other thing too is like the live betting like you got to be careful with that stuff because it's it's so my my brother is the parlay king and my other buddy joe he's like they're just like you know what we just put 10 parlays together at the beginning of the day and hope it hits (laughs) okay all it takes is one all it takes is one because but you're only betting like two three four dollars right on like a 10 10 way parlay so I, I just can't get into like the live where it's like, oh, is he going to go over or even this next hole? Oh, is he going to score better than this person on the next hole? Right. Because it's like I don't have the mental capacity when I'm drinking, watching golf and trying to take care of like my, my three year old, like who refuses to learn how to blow his nose, by the way. Like there's nothing worse than like a sick kid when you're just like, please just blow your nose. <laughs> and and you, like you won't learn. I don't know when it actually clicks because yeah, my no. daughter's four and it, she's like, no. My six-year-old just figured it out probably like this last year. So yeah, you get a couple more. Gonna, my daughter's just like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, they, like she won't do anything. She was like, I'm not. No, she's in her nose, yeah. knees, but no. Will she at least wipe her own nose? Uh, yeah, with her hand or her shirt. So my kid is such a picky eater. And, and by the way, for those of you, yes, this is the same kid that does everything with his middle finger. So yeah, he'll be on his tablet with his middle finger and and it's the longest everybody finger. off. It's not that it is. Deal. Yeah. So it's not yeah, exactly. Just a finger. Yeah, it's more reach. He doesn't have to go as far. So, anyways, but this kid has gotten so used, he's such a picky eater. He's so used to like his, you know, my my mom feeding him because like he'll be on the iPad and like she'll just shove stuff in his mouth. <laughs> now he wants people to like wipe his nose for him. He walks around nose 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 and i'm like how do i turn this around like i've like three years i've already lost this kid like I, how do i turn this train around guys <laughs> it's lost you're done it's actually over you don't have a chance it's okay i got the i got the newborn turning one tomorrow so <laughs> hopefully uh just, just yeah. try the second kid maybe you'll have better luck the first yeah that's it that's it you you only have like 18 months to mold these things i guess and then they're lost forever yeah. Well, congratulations on the second one turning yeah. on. That's a, that's great. That's a great. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, just wait until three, four, party? and five come. What was that? You guys gonna have a birthday party or no parties? Yet? Yeah. So, th- so this is the thing that we were discussing because, I, like, everybody. So we're vaccinated, and, but and and by the way, like, I don't judge anybody who doesn't want to either, right? Like, your body, your choice. Like, like whatever you want to do, right? But so it's, Mark, it's your body, your choice, Mark. <laughs> so. I'm just like, yeah, you know, like, man, uh, like, I hate to make it like, I don't even know how like it got political, right? Like, at, at the end of the day, it's just like, it's like, hey, man, do, do what you want at the end of the day. So we were just like, hey, everybody's like got different sensitivities on this stuff. So we figured, hey, let's do a outdoor kind of like barbecue to go party. So we we're going to have it catered. 
to go plates. You want to drive by and just honk your horn and, and, you know, we wave the baby at you. Great. We'll do that. <laughs> you want to come into the backyard where we're all outdoors and have a drink and have some barbecue. Great. We're all with that. Right. Like, but it's outdoors. Right. So we figured outdoors is super safe, just like golf. Uh, and then, and then my son of course started daycare and that's how he got the sickness. Cause like two days later, all of a sudden it's just like, you know, a hundred, 103 degree fever and runny nose. And then, that's cool. And then I go germs. Well, and the best thing is, you know, the grandmothers are freaking out like, Oh my gosh, you know, cause, and by the way, for those of you that don't know, cause this is a podcast about fatherhood, they say that the kid's temperature is always going to be higher than an adult's. Right. So like, they're like, dad, don't call us until it's one one or higher. Right. Yep. But still, I'm like, you know what? I got insurance. Let's go to the doctor. Let's just get it all checked out. The doctor, like they did the COVID test and, you know, he was fine. Thank God. And then like the guy's like, so what's going on? I go, he started daycare. He's like, oh yeah, that's it. Just give him Motrin for six hours. And, <laughs> and, he, and then he's like, so what do you do? And like, then we're just having a conversation. Like in the doctor's office, is my kid really going to be okay? Are you sure? Because I've got grandmothers that think this is it. So it's, yeah, uh, it's the best thing for your kid because then it just helps him with his immune system. Going right. Forward. Now the question is, do you want him to give it to the newborn? Because now that delayed the birthday party. So then, so now we delayed it once. Should we have it, you know, now like, hey, everybody, my recently sick kid is here to spread germs with yours. So, yeah, well, just say it's not COVID, it's just different germs. Give him a shirt that says, I don't have COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it's like this whole lockdown thing. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, I know. What, what the right answer is nowadays, right? Like, two like, years ago, you would have just been like, yeah, the kid wasn't feeling well with no big deal. Now it's, you're I, I overly still, cautious still because. Because if what, you know, kid gets a kids get sick. And no, it's not that you don't care, but people, other people, other people are overly cautious yeah. about it as well for other reasons. Right. Well, like our, our kids haven't even really been sick, even though they've been at the, my, my son's been in school all year. My daughter's been in daycare since August of last nice. year. And they've neither one of them, <clears throat> knock on wood, have been sick at all. I mean, I can't remember having to maybe keep them home once or twice. We're like when, when they were both at daycare before daycare before this and they weren't wearing masks they were sick every couple months constantly yeah they like every other week mask all day in school yeah that probably helped to be honest sure it, probably helped. Helped. it definitely it helps help, the spread like, of that it's not necessarily a good thing because they're not building immune yeah. system they're not they're not building good bacteria to fight off viruses in their body but, well and right because that's like the idea behind immunotherapies and again my, my wife works in healthcare not me but you know like they say like you know some people have severe allergies and, and sometimes the therapy is to slowly introduce you to certain things that you're allergic to now how that like bacteria versus viruses i know it's a different story but there, there's something to be said right yeah for sure and like you know bacterial infections are different than viral infections obviously but like i remember when my son was when he was younger maybe one-ish, somewhere between one and two, he would get really red when he ate a nut. And the doctor said, just keep giving it to him. Keep giving it to him. If he's not, if he's just getting red, keep giving it to him and finally outgrew it because you're exposing it to him. Now, some kids have much more severe reactions to that, but like, sure. that's the concept behind it, right? Like that if you expose a kid to it, the body will adjust. Same yeah, especially when they're so young, right? Like supposedly that's the reason, like it still affects kids but not as much because maybe they, they react to it a little bit differently. I, I mean, we still don't know everything about this thing, but you know, the thing for us was he had just started daycare probably for like six months and then the pandemic hit. And then for the past year, like my wife being a healthcare worker, 
we really kept him isolated from a lot of things, you know, and he's got friends down the street and we're like, eh, you can't, you know, you, you can't go by Sally and you can't go by uh, the girls down the street. And they don't understand why the kid doesn't even know how to blow his nose. Like he doesn't understand why he has to stay away from kids. You know, and now that now, human beings, you can't tell them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So then the decision for my wife and I were like, okay, well, we're both vaccinated. Kids seem to be a little bit safer, but he's constantly asking about friends. Like he's like, he's like, where are friends? Can I go see friends? Can I go to school? He was asking for like such a long time. So it's like, you know, we, we can't keep these kids shut up forever. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. So. No, I don't think anyone actually knows the right answer. Pritzker came out and he's like, yeah, we're going to open back up June 11th, but still wear a mask. Sure. And then that's what we'll do. I don't know. Yeah. You know, hey, um, like the interesting thing is like Texas. Texas has been fully open for a year or for a month, right? But but they still kept the restrictions indoors, right? Like Mark Cuban's like, hey, we're still going by the NBA protocols. So to your point with the PGA, yeah. like the PGA might still institute their own. But who runs the Ryder Cup? Is it, it's not the PGA, it's the Ryder Cup. USGA. Is it not? Is it the it's, not the US, it's not the USGA. I guess it's an international event. I, I think it's got to be obviously. It's got to be PGA affiliated. Well, I think there's a, probably a couple. Well, PGA is the global. PGA isn't. Yeah subject is the u.s pga because there's like a pga of america there's a pga europe right yeah i think there's a, gonna be a couple governing bodies of wait how could it be a pga of europe if isn't pga pro golfers professional golfers yep. oh and it's an association it's not of america um i think there's a couple governing bodies of the Ryder cup or that jointly control the Ryder cup <clears throat> yeah but yeah i i got i got america winning it because it's going to be like 95 percent <laughs> Like if it's all Wisconsinites and Minnesotans and Illinoisans going, like it's got to be mostly, yeah. mostly America. You would think the fans would be heavily U.S. based just because of getting in Travel and out of restrictions. Yeah, still, I'm, I still think it'll be open more than what anything else we've seen. But yes, I still think there'll be either travel yeah. restrictions right. or just people not ready to travel internationally. That's fair. Well, I mean, well, people are traveling a little bit internationally between Europe and America now, right? Sure. I mean, that's definitely, that's definitely no happening. Idea. It's not it's not as readily open as it was two years ago. But I don't think they've mandated that. Oh. I don't think they've gone down that path, that road yet. I thought yet. they were going to. So that was a plan. I don't think they've Get your vaccination passport ready. No, boys. I think that's fallen by the way. I don't think that's... <laughs> socialist america yeah I, was, I don't know that that's gonna work yeah i hey I, I i sit i sit in the middle on a lot of issues and i'm willing to learn from both sides like i'm willing to hear both people out right like and uh but when it comes to that passport thing it's like you know how, how can you force somebody to take something especially if maybe they've had allergic reactions to vaccines in the past right or you know i i'm gonna admit johnson and johnson i got the johnson and johnson and the first two nights it was awful it really was awful you had a bad experience too. I got yeah. pretty, I got pretty fucked up from it. Yeah, yeah. and then Johnson's only sixty-five. No, okay, I'm gonna say it's only 65 percent effective, but obviously it's more effective in terms of death and, and hospitalization. But you, you could still get COVID. Disclaimer. Yes, you could. This, still well, get disclaimer COVID. with with any of these, you could still get COVID, right? Because yes. like. You know, with any of them, you could get COVID and you could just carry it. You just won't get bad symptoms. At yeah. least that's the way I understand it. 
We're not medical professionals. Um, but also, I think Johnson & Johnson, their testing period was later than Pfizer and Moderna. So I think that 60% also includes either the Brazilian or the South African variant that was running around. So that's why the efficacy seems low. But I think it's still like 90% effective at keeping you out of the hospital. Right. Which, and then the one, one argument is that, hey, we did all the lockdowns to keep the hospitals from being overrun. So as long as the hospitals aren't you know, spiraling out of control, everything should be open. No, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I try to stay super neutral, everybody. Please don't yell at me. <laughs> no, I'm with you on the neutral side of this because you said it earlier. We, there's just so much we still don't know and we will never know probably. All right, hypothetical here, but not hypothetical. We've all played with a dude because I mean, I, I'm assuming you guys can hit a drive pretty decently, right? Like you're no Nick Kiefer, right? But you can you can hit a decent drive, right? Uh, I can. I can. I'm in. I'm in a world of shambles right now. But anyway, okay. So, ask your question. So, 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 driver is the best club in my bag. All right. So it, it's it's a, I'm a crazy paradox because where other people are picking three woods out, like I will drive for all day. I love that club. My anxiety starts around the green. But I digress. Anyways, so we've all played with an old dude at one point, yeah. and the old dude always says. Wow, I remember when I used to bomb it that far. If you seriously lost that much distance in your life, would you, like would you not take something else up? Would you not want to go play pickleball? I don't know. Golf is really addicting. I don't. Yeah. I think you're just gonna want to keep trying to get back to the glory, even though you know you can't. You're gonna try to get back to glory days, right? Well, you know. If you I also have to say, I don't think I don't think those guys ever hit the ball that far, probably either. Well. Modern technology, of course, they, they didn't hit the ball that far, but the golf course was shorter, right? Technology didn't allow for them to hit the ball that far. Very correct. Very correct. So that is true. Relatively speaking, was... they're hitting the ball similar to sure, what we're hitting the ball to. Okay. No, I think that's, that's actually fair with technology going farther. I think it's easier for a guy in his 20s to pick up a club and hit it 270. Just because the, it's so massive. Have you seen some of these like little like persimmon clubs that these dudes were whipping around or, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, shoot, when I got into golf in the mid two thousands, what was like the big birth of 454? Like they haven't even hit 460 until like 2005. Right. There's studies that show like, there's not much, there's not much distance difference between clubs from the early two thousands and today. I mean, there, there, don't get me wrong. There is right. But it's not as much as you think. What's different is like the shot dispersion of it. Like um, mm -hmm. the, the forgiveness is much smaller with the today's driver than an old driver. Yeah. See the, so the club rep and me, I, I heard you guys with Roger and Nick where you guys were like, oh, the club's not seven yards farther and it's not this and it's not that. And I'm like, dude, it is, it is. It, it definitely is a difference. I will say, uh, Okay, so like I, I, I will gladly battle Nick on this any time of the day, and I, I hope he listens to this part. I, I, this is an awesome story I have. So when I was with Nike, uh, there was this kind of sales meeting that we were having, and we had a guy that came from Callaway Golf, and he was telling us this story about Fred Couples. And, you know, if you're just going to say, hey, a titanium head is a titanium head or a rubber grip is a rubber grip, this, this is the story for you. So he's like, Fred Couples was playing this Callaway five wood for a very long time. And they came out with the new version and they really wanted him to play it. And I think it was like, there was an event like the Ryder cup or something was coming up and Fred, the, Fred wasn't going to put it into play. And they're like, come on, dude, you got it. You got to play this wood. He goes, 
they're like, okay, come down to the range. They got the van over there and they go down the range and like, well, what's wrong? We sent you the club and it's, it's built to the exact same specs as your old club. Everything's the same. He goes, let me show you what's wrong with this club. So he grabs the, the five wood and he hits straight laser, straight laser, straight laser. And they go, well, what's the problem? You're hitting it straight. He goes, watch my old one. Draw, straight, fade. He's like, I can do whatever I want with this one. That one just goes straight. <laughs> so he, so the guy, so he grabs the club and he goes, uh, and he drives up to the van and they start measuring it and they start weighing it. And they're like, this thing is built exactly the same. The only difference is the head. What the hell is the problem? And then they look at the grip and Fred couldn't tell you the reason. Like Fred could not tell you he's a hitter, not a fitter, but Fred could not tell you the reason. And then they looked at it and he was playing I guess at the time. And it was either a golf pride or a lampkin. I always switch this up in the story and I can't remember, but it was the same kind of corded grip, no matter what. The only difference is they had the, the other company's version on it. So they slapped the other cut. So they went back to the one that he had on his original, even though it weighed the same, it's still a corded grip. It was swore, right? It's still a corded grip, same weight, same swing weight. They give it to Fred. Guess what he does with the new five wood draw straight fade goes in the bag and he plays with it. Really? So, so you can, so you can be very obtuse and say, well, yeah, but the, the fact is the stuff is different. Right. And, and is there a distance increase? There is. There is a small increase. There really is. Now, here's the question. Was it was the study done with the same kind of like, was it different clubs with the same ball? Because I'll also say the ball's going way farther. We all know that these balls are so different nowadays. Yeah. 30 years ago, they the ball and the, the technology they had, the ball was going much shorter. There's mm -hmm. no doubting that. 25 to 50 yards less. Right. So what's changed? Technology's changed. People have gotten bigger, faster, stronger, but it's both. You can't say it's just one. But it's also like rules changes change the composition of the ball too. Yeah. When they went away from the U-grooves, remember when they made those illegal? Well, everybody's like, well, well, I can't spin the crap out of the ball anymore. So all the tour players, they went to a softer ball. There's no coincidence. We kept getting softer covers and softer cores and softer this and softer yeah. that. Because they want the ball to go up higher now. So all the balls fly a little bit higher and they're a little bit softer. So, yeah, I, I think the other thing, too, is you're kind of chasing your tail when you're changing rules on equipment. Uh, you know, is it the ball? Is it the club? Actually, speaking of, this week's champion, Rory, said it the best. I, I, and I'm paraphrasing here, but like a, I think it was like a month ago. He's like, this whole distance argument, it's so stupid because here's the thing. You're going to change the rules. And Callaway and TaylorMade and Ping – They've got an army of engineers just ready to poke holes in it and try to go as far as they can because that's the way business works, right? So, I mean... Rory is also one of the first to say that him seeing Bryson clearly affected him. That's um, right. He did say that. I do remember that. Yeah, no. So, yeah, chasing distance. That was, I think it was at... Was it Bay? Was it Bay Hill? It was recent, yeah. I think it might mm -hmm. have been Bay Hill when it happened. So it fucked him, fucked him up. He's swinging harder. Because he's trying to compete with that. So, I mean, yeah. But then, the Bryson but then all week, all week, everybody's like, Rory's hitting a cut now. Rory's hitting a cut. Oh, my gosh. And then what does he do for, like, the last three holes? He hits a draw. 
<laughs> well, an 18 specifically hits a nice power draw yeah. just over the creek. Hey, y'all want to talk about equipment? He switched back to his old prototype irons this really? week. Did he? Yes, he did. He did a couple things to the bag. So it's, um, I'll tell you another story about equipment is that when Rory signed with Nike, and I was working for Nike at the time, part-time as a, as a demo tech. And, and this has been in another podcast, so I'm not divulging any company secrets here. Uh, the first year that Rory came, they kind of did the same thing. Like what, what that Callaway story was with Fred Couples was like, they just sent him stuff that was very similar to what he had from Titleist. And that first year, Rory is the type of player that always thinks it's him, not the equipment. So it wasn't until like one year later, they finally fit him. They finally like got together and they're like, hey, can we fit you with the new stuff and just make sure everything's right? And it was like, it wasn't the right ball iron driver combination. And what does he do? He wins two majors that year. So, you know, it's like, it's like the club does matter and the fitting matters, sure. I should say, on top of that, right? So it's like, you can't just like, yeah. And that's the other thing too, like guys that buy clubs online, like I, I don't get it. Like Who's at least get don't fit. I don't know. They don't know. I've done You're just wasting money. Done I've done it too. Like, and, yeah. and I got fitted, and I'll never buy a club without getting fitted again. Right. No, no, I agree. I'm just saying, like, it's you don't really, it's easy to you do. You, you buy know, everything else online. You don't right? know until you know. Right. Right. Like, well, I mean, shoot, it's it's natural, right? Like, you're sitting a wide awake at 2 a.m. and you, you only got like, you know, you're either watching swing videos or adult videos. Like, that's it. Or <laughs> both at the same time. Hey. What? I might need to. We might need to have a conversation after this is over. I might need to get your uh, URL that you're referring to. <laughs> Swing Hub. You, think, you guys think Rory's back in it? I don't think he was ever gone. Just because really? it took him 18 months to win again, I don't think he was ever. It's not like he was never in contention in 18 months. Yeah, I mean, he, sometimes he, you just don't win. I don't know. Yeah, he just looked bad at some points during that stretch. Like, really yeah, no, no, he looked bad, but he's also, it's not like he, he was ever, not like he disappeared for months on end, no, and no, like he was oh, never good. in contention. He, he was, he was in contention through those 18 months. Yeah, that's fair. Well, it's like the Finau thing, right? Like, Finau was finishing second, 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 sure. and all people were talking about how he's not finishing, but he might have been the best golfer in the world for that stretch. Right. He's just, he, you know, he's, he's good enough to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. With Rory, it's so weird because it's like, it's like that kid with high expectations. Like yes. it's the kid that brought A's his whole life. And all of a sudden he's, he's bringing B's and C's and you're like, what's wrong with you. Right. Are you distracted or what's going on? So I don't want to, I'll be the one to say it. He is also recently married with a newborn child. Um, I, I think you guys are nuts to think that it, that's not a thing to think he has a newborn child and that's not I just, a reason I just why feel he like not with his won. level of wealth he doesn't he's not the one getting up at the middle of the night to go feed the kid doesn't matter like I, he may not wake up may not do anything but he still has a newborn kid like do you remember when yeah I know. you prioritize different things because of that yeah i don't remember the first year of his life exactly <laughs> So sleep deprived. Because yeah, you I, I, like you, he may not be sleep deprived, but he may be prioritizing different things in his life. I'm not saying it's because not. A, he has I'm a not kid. saying it's not a thing. But like, I still did my job. I'm not saying you didn't. Rory has well, yeah, but done his job. What, would you say? Would you say you showed up to every meeting bright eyed and and and, and super 100 on your game? I mean, well, come on, I this is a dude that, despite his wealth, has a ton of dominoes certificates. Yeah, that's true. 
I, mean, I just I, love Domino's. What is that? What is, why is that a thing with him? It was he was talking to was it Horschel? They were talking on the green and the mics yeah. picked it up. Oh, where he was talking about Domino's. Oh, hey, I gotta say their app. I, I mean, other pizza companies have brought their game up, uh, and I know it's sacrilege here in the land of like individual right. thin crust pizza we're and deep dish pizza. We are spoiled, but they Domino's. I gotta say, I since they redid it's that crust, probably a, it's probably a thing. Like, I get it. Okay, so maybe it's just like. You're right. He grew up in the UK where pizza wasn't even a thing. <laughs> like, do you need to eat pizza? Correct. He doesn't know what he's missing. You're right. It's it, never mind. It's probably not. It's probably normal. Actually, Look, for, for my old job, about, I want to go back to this thing about using his wife and his kid as an excuse. I'm not using it as an excuse. I'm just saying, like, you'd be you'd be nuts to think like you were perfect at your job for that first year of child. The first child you had. I'm not saying I was. Right. But I also didn't have the resources that Rory does. Right. Hey, I, hey. So he has I'm a lot of say, resources. Yeah. That so year he won the two majors. He broke up with his girlfriend. Oh, now you're nuts. Now no, you're nuts. You shouldn't have to be worried about it. He's probably not worried about it, but he's got a new a kid. Sure he's hanging out with his kid. Yeah. Never had a kid before. Yeah. You were are not, you saying not he doesn't care person. about the kid? Are you, are you saying like at 2 a.m. he's like... I'm saying he is. I'm you're just sure not the same person you are before kids versus when you start having you're kids. Not. So like, at least it's an the, adjustment. Least not with the first one. It's an adjustment. I, I get that. Whether you're getting the same amount of sleep, you're getting 10 hours of sleep, sure or not. Shouldn't affect his performance. Wow. Uh, let's ask your employer how you were that first year. And let's see if you you if they say he was exactly the same, if not better, but, but what are, than the year before. What are you what are you saying it does? Like what I don't get what you're saying it does. Like I feel like when you have a kid, the impacts it has to you are are physical because you're sleep deprived and you're stressed out because you have to take care of the kid. I'm saying that he is relieved of most of those duties, most likely. Not I'm, let, not, let, I'm not discounting that he loves his kid, he wants to spend time with his kid, and he takes care of his kid not saying that at all i'm simply saying the impacts that my kid had on me the first year of his life were mostly physical because i was sleep deprived and stressed the fuck out i think See, he, i would i would argue it's a any mental. of those responsibilities i i, I would I argue this putting a lot on not knowing anything like you're thinking he had zero responsibilities to his kid no. in his first year because he didn't have to wake up like how do you know that he didn't have to wake up i'm and, assuming why would he want to do that did you want I would to say up? that I didn't have a choice? I don't believe that. You had you could have sure you could hire someone that is your that, all pair to live yeah, with me. Yeah, no, he could have. Yeah, I all don't pair. believe you. Like it's just like how do you know that Rory that's what he did? I don't know that's what he did. I'm assuming if he was an intelligent man with the amount of money that he had, uh, see now you would have done that. Now you're making I, I will I will argue this. Look, let's let's think about it from a mental standpoint. How about this? It, maybe he's not physically tired, but I know for myself, like I was when it came to my work pre-kid, I was kind of like a hyper type A person. And then after the kid and I came back from paternity leave, I was just kind of like uh, you know, I was able to let some stuff go a little bit, May not in a negative way. Like I still did my job. I was still great at my job, but I was able to let like some of the small details go. Right. And maybe when you're like a professional athlete, like maybe that's, I'm not practicing my short game as much, or maybe I'm not like, maybe I don't care about how much break is in this putt. Right. Like, right. like 
that's what I would argue is maybe like it's just a mental change too because there's just other stuff that you're thinking about maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what's an au pair? Where is that French? It's it like is. someone that's like someone that lives with you. They're like yeah. it's like a uh, someone from a different country. Usually foreign exchange or from yeah, another country I, I that know, lives man. with you. I think you guys are overlooking the fact that like he is a machine, he's a professional athlete. Our jobs he's not a my machine. job he's a human being. My job was not like solely dictated on my performance of waking up and being a hundred percent. My job wasn't being a physical machine and a presence on the golf course. Like he's gotta if he wants to make money, he's gotta win tournaments. It's he's a, gotta get a sponsor. I agree, I, I but it's an adjustment period for I'm not everyone. I, look, look at, seen, do like, the research on any got, big athlete that ever had kids. They always had an adjustment period. It's two people living in a house. Now it's three people. Whether you're getting the same amount of sleep or better. Not, not discounting that, but they have it easier than you and I do. I don't disagree that they have. Oh, that's true. I'm not pitying that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm simply saying uh, I'm not they have it so much them. easier than, than we do. Like he should fucking be good at his job still. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of the Breakfast Balls podcast. If you like what you heard and like learning from our mistakes, please subscribe. Also, if you're on Instagram, please follow us at breakfastballs.podcast. Panda! Listen, how you stand? Black X6, fan, wait and see.